Name me somebody who's so obsessed with what they do that they not only win, they dominate. That's Ahmed Majed. Name me somebody who not only has taken one team, two teams, three teams at tier one in soccer sports and lead them all to the championship. That's Ahmed Majed. Name me somebody who, at the age of 13 years old, played soccer growing up in Lebanon and still took the risk of playing only to go back home on their bike to hear gunshots in the corner of what was happening during the Civil War. That's Ahmed Majed. Name me somebody who all their life embodied the key characteristics, the personality, that driving mindset to be a coach. That's Ahmed Majed. Ladies and gentlemen, this man that we're about to introduce to you today and have a conversation with is somebody who relentlessly doesn't stop until as a team and as a coach gets the job done and does it so beautifully and does it in a fashion where he not only respects the players, he respects the parents and he respects himself. He has led some of his teams all the way to Spain and has become a soccer director for multiple different teams across the city. It's actually so many that I actually need to pick up my phone right now and address which teams that Ahmed has addressed because it's a lot. Number one, Horse Hill Community, soccer director. Number two, Northside United FC, soccer director. Number three, Soccer Elite Academy, which hey, fun fact, when COVID hit and Ahmed knew that he could no longer be a coach for some of these kids face-to-face, he created an online company. Sorry, not company. He created an online program for free for children around the world to still learn certain key practices on how to be an effective soccer player to still be ready for the next season. This picked up so much traction that Global Edmonton scooped him right up and gave him the attention he deserved. As well, Superior Squad Canada. Ahmed is not only involved in getting these kids to the championship, he looks at and scouts certain individuals who actually want to look into professionally playing soccer to gear them up to go play in Europe. So with his connections, with his love and respect for the sport and for his charisma, he not only thinks about being there for the kids now, but paving the way for them to play the sport that they know and love. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you Ahmed Majed. This is Kenny Buller on the Second Floor Podcast, and you know how we do it. For those of you who've been listening, thank you for always being around. For those of you who are new to this, we talk about how to survive, how to thrive, and keep the good vibes going in life and business. Here we go. What's going on, guys? We're doing an official episode with Ahmed Majed. Yep. He is the Soccer Academy Director of Soccer Elite Academy. That's right. And you do run... Not only just one, but four teams in the city of Edmonton. You led every single one of them to the championship. With all that aside, I know we have so much to talk about today, Ahmed. I want to start off with asking you this. What is the definition of a coach to you? What does a coach mean? Uh, a coach, uh, it's, it's, um, it's somebody... That really, it's it's not it's more than just the game itself. You're not really coaching soccer, you know. I think a coach, it's a mentor. It's someone you know, youth can look up to, you know, where where they have no answers to some of their questions, you know. 
uh, not just about the game itself. I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've had many youth players come to me and ask me questions that don't even relate to soccer or, or you know, the sport in itself, you know. Uh, that's where, you know, a, a coach can, can play a big role in, in a youth player, especially even, you know, as they get more and more comfortable with you, you know. Uh, again, you could have a youth player that's played for six months with you and then, you know, they, they grow and they're playing for two and three years. And I've had kids since they were like five years old, you know, their comfort level is really high, you know. So that's when, you know, you truly uh, uh, get the definition of what a really a coach is, you know. Uh, it's not just, you know, here I'm coaching you how to play the game, how to kick the ball or how to pass the ball or how to dribble. It's more. It's more than that, for sure. It's it's a mentor. It's it's uh it's you know you play a father father figure to some kids that that really honestly don't have that role yeah. model in their life, um, and 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 more than that for sure. I I find that's a really important topic to address because there's obviously that element of feeling like you are of influence, especially to really young kids. You have kids yourself, and I'm yeah. sure you can imagine how much certain elements of your personality your team will replicate yeah absolutely and and i'm wondering how you view not only just in soccer because i know we're going to dig deep into sure. that but generally for anyone who's a coach out there and they can learn from your abilities and leading a championship team how much are you in the zone of realizing that okay i need to be ahmed i need to be i need to be myself i need to be playful or no you know what i have to be influential. i have to be authoritative i'm coach and i can't cross that line like what, what does that look yeah. like? Do you ever cross um, that line? Uh, you know, you do. You definitely do. And you know, you, you hit a really good point. Your team will act exactly how you act. Absolutely. You know, if I am if I'm the coach that's always screaming at the referee, you know, because they're making bad calls, you know, guess what my players are going to do? They're going to be screaming at the referee when they get hit. That's a really good point. You know what I mean? So... I have to play both roles. You know, I can't, I cannot be too aggressive. You know, we're still developing players, right? So this is the development phase of a lot of these youth players. Like I coach U11, U13, and believe it or not, the, even the U, U5s and U7s, you know, that's how, like we're talking 2015, 2014 uh, right now. I mean, they're four and five years old. Yeah. So it, it, you, you change your element of coaching and your tone of coaching. And so when you get to the U13 tier one provincial level, there's there's that playful still there you know you still want them to enjoy the game i mean that's why we all play game that's why it's still called a game it's still called a sport because you truly want to enjoy playing it yeah and and but the pressure element comes in but you can't let your pressure the the pressure that you feel relay down to your players and it's it's i've done that before we all grow you know we're all been rookie coaches and we grow and we we become better coaches good coaches, better coaches, and exceptional coaches, right? Yeah. And so through that growth, I think I learned that when I felt a lot of pressure early on, the team felt a lot, the players felt the pressure, and they, they, they were the better team. They just didn't play because yeah. they were playing under the pressure. So you got to really uh, figure out, because these are still you know, like I said, they're, they're youth players. I mean, even at 15 and 16 years old, I mean, they're still kids. That What do they know? What, what did I know at 15 years old? Honestly, and I'm very much thinking back. So you got to put yourself in their shoes too. Yeah. You know, but what we're trying to do really is honestly give them the knowledge that you didn't have or I didn't, I didn't have anyway, you know, and that's, that's what it's all about is 
is how do we how do we educate them and mature them earlier than what they would mature like you take a like a soccer player that's 13 years old not even a soccer player any any sport athlete you know if they're actually coached properly not just about the game but in life they're a lot more mature than a person or a kid that's not coached that's sitting in a in a room playing video games yeah and that's why i mean you love sports i love sports i think sports plays a huge impact in a child's life big time so that's that's really neat because when you say that it goes to show the the reality is when you're 15 years old on it you said it you don't know much i mean five years ago you were a 10 year old kid right yes and when you look at it like that, when you have a coach figure of influence who understands and sees and recognizes that something might have just happened that you might have felt very emotionally um, unstable by, maybe it was losing, like maybe just you lost for the first time or like you felt like you got a red flag, but you didn't deserve to get it. Something right, along right, those lines yes, that you know yes. that kid, it happened to the first time for him. Yeah, Him or her won't forget that. No. You recognize it. And then you, you tell them, you know what, come here. And whether it's for the individual or the team, I find whatever you end up saying, they soak it up like a sponge. Yes, absolutely. Like I recall all the moments when coaches said certain things to me and I live by certain, those principles, yes. even to your point, outside of the game. Yeah, 100%. Right? Like outside of competition in general. And I wanted to know like, if you have an example of when that happened with one player in particular on your team yeah absolutely or or with with your entire team and it it was a defining moment for them or your team to ultimately just persevere through that yeah you know absolutely you know it's um again you know uh, we 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 coach at a very high level like i coach at a very very i expect nothing but the best so i push the kids hard not not hard hard enough sometimes you know i really i really can take it to another level and we we are you know and and it truly and so when you actually push that hard you expect results and and so defeats defeats hurt and winning is that much better right so i tell you i tell you the first time that we were losing uh, obviously every team was undefeated like we, we we lost very little you know you know, playing with these teams. And I remember the first time, you know, these are eight years old, eight years old. This is a U9 team, you know, again, never lost a game, always winning every single half, every single game. But at one half, we were losing three, nothing, mm-hmm. three, nothing. You'll you know? feel three, nothing. So but these are kids, you know, so they're not going to, they're not going to come and act like professionals every single day and give you an output. You know, they, they came and it was a later game. It wasn't in the right time. Something was going on at school, but it was a collective thing that happened. But we were down 3 nothing to a team that really wanted to beat us. Really wanted to beat us, right? And we, we destroyed this team. We don't just beat this team. We destroyed this team all the time. But they came with a really good plan yeah. and they were doing really well. They were executing it. So at halftime, and that's where there's half times, right? And so at halftime, you know, I sat back and I said, okay, I want you to know something. You're facing something right now, okay? You're going to face that in life as well. This is a great opportunity for all of us to learn something today. From Whether we win this game or lose this game, we're going to learn something. Can anyone tell me what does adversity mean to you? Does anybody even know what that word even means? So the... They're eight years old. Very so new word to them. They, they, it's a new word. They obviously didn't know. Yeah. 
right? But that was the perfect moment for me to coach what adversity is. Yeah, oh, I love that. Right? So, again, I explained to all of them what adversity. I didn't even talk soccer. I didn't talk about the game. I didn't, because I know they can play. You know, I know they can beat this team. They've been this team before. It wasn't, it wasn't because they weren't passing right or it wasn't because they weren't shooting right. It was the other team wanted it more. So they were put pressure on them. So they were facing adversity. So we, thought, we talked to them about it. I talked to them about it. I said, okay, now that you faced adversity, now the second term, we have two minutes to talk about this. Yeah. It's character. Now your character, which one is it? Is it the one that's going to fold and crumble? And just say adversity beat you, because I explained adversity first, and just let it happen? Or are your character is the one that's going to say, I'm going to fight through this, and I'm going to come back, and I am going to battle this adversity and sur- surpass it? Which one is it? Now, there's two things that play. You're facing adversity, but your character has a, a big role in how you act during this adversity driving that adversity you got it and so so we talked about two things that they've really never experienced ever they're very new too very new yeah so you know they come out and they win the game 8-3 you know so they score eight goals eight goals and they didn't get one goal scored against them after that pep talk after that so they they came out and they fought the adversity they faced the adversity head on and it wasn't it was all their characters. They all had good characters, you know, to fight through, to, to, to push through. And I, 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 I know their characters because I coach them every day. So I know how well they compete against each other. Yeah. You know? And so that was, that was a big, big lesson, I think, for all of them. And honestly, to this day, we, we, we truly, you know, we're down a lot sometimes, you know, in games. And then, you know, they, the first thing they come back, and I, I, I'm telling you, like, there's there's some OGs on the on, on these teams, man. <laughs> yeah. There's some kids that were been there since, like, they were five years old. And, That's awesome. And, you know, they sit down at half, like, come on, guys, we're facing adversity. Love it. That's the first thing they say. They recognize it, and, and now their characters are going to act on it. Yeah. So two things that, you know, in life later on, when they walk into an interview and they don't get the job. Yeah. You know, they want the job. That's an adversity. It's crazy you say that because when you were talking about that, I couldn't help but think about the relations to a job interview because I've been asked it in an interview where they say, tell me about a time where you've overcame adversity and how'd you do it? Yeah. Not saying that, let's say, oh, when I was eight years old, I overcame it. Not in that sense, but now because if I go back to the time at eight years old, if I was on your team and I learned the raw definition of it, I will know exactly how to execute that answer for sure in any sense and here's the crazy thing about what you said anybody else could say oh you know what in a team huddle if my if my kids are losing 3-0 i'm 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 gonna figure out a game plan i'm gonna get ryan to shoot to perry and perry's gonna shoot to billy and billy the great shooter he needs to get the ball none none of these guys are getting it to billy this is is outrageous it's stupid yeah (laughs) and like like trying to say it with anger yeah and now you're only instilling that emotion in that that fear into your i was gonna say students but relatively that's the case but your players absolutely now they're having to play off that fear absolutely but for you you took a very huge human element yeah. You were like, listen, this is something you that's that's human. You could take this with you off the game. And that's you didn't do it clearly with the way you're saying it, Ahmed, with like any like sense of 
uh, fear to stigmatize them with. Absolutely. Right? That's huge. That's taking something and being able to realize that this is something that you can apply even into the game. 100%. Right? 100%. I want to know when you are communicating with the kids, when do you know it's important to press on the gas and really give it to them when they need it? As far as the training and then and obviously when you're like, okay, am I, am I training these guys too hard? Or to press on the brakes when you feel like they need a break. Especially when you understand because you work with a lot of these athletes who are wanting to go to abroad. Their parents are saying, listen, I know my son has the skill. We have the money. We want to take him to go pro. When that is in, in your mind, and I'm sure you've probably already worked with a lot of uh, athletes like this, your son yeah. being one of them, yeah. knowing they're a kid but also realizing their potential. How do you coach that type of athlete? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's a great question because, you know, um, not, not every athlete is going to go pro. Yeah. You know, not every athlete. And, and, you know, I'll tell you, there's, there's some athletes that are just tremendously talented, but they don't have the drive. And there's other athletes that have the drive. They just can't give you that. They just can't give you more than what they can give you. You know, you, you try to push them to give you more, you know, again, th- th- do you go back to the youth part? You know, these are kids, you know, so you have to always go back to the to the element of the age of these athletes. You know, this is not an adult where they're 19 or 20 years old or 21 years old where you're pushing them. You know what they can give you. So really, truly learning about the athlete. It's not so much just coaching the game. It's learning about the athletes. So I truly take my time to learn about the kids themselves. I connect with the kids before I connect with the athlete. Mm -hmm. It's really important because then you truly understand what they can give you. I'll be honest with you. I don't coach all the kids the same. I know what, you know, what my kid can give me 100%. And I know what every kid can give me on the Mm -hmm. team. So I coach these kids based on what they can give me. It, don't get me wrong. I push them, but I know how much they can give me. I'm not going to go and say, you know, on, on every team, on every team, on every successful team, you're going to have great players yep. and you're going to have good players. And you're going to have like a bell curve, right? I mean, that's life. I mean, they score in, in university at a bell curve, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's, it's, it's part of life. It's part of your work, you know? When you go to work, they say, you know, a lot of jobs, a lot of companies, they get rid of the 5% at the bottom. And, you know, there's a 5% at the top. They get the highest rate, you know? And then there's the bulk of the media employees. Same thing with a, with a team. Honestly, that's a lot of the time. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go expect more than the bottom five than I would expect from my type five. So I'm not going to push them the same. Yeah. You know, so, and there's a lot of, to answer your, your part two question is, you know, there's parents that really want to drive, you know, they want to drive their kids to give you more, but sometimes they have to do their part too. They have to, you know, because you can't expect a kid to go touch a 10 foot rim, you know, if they can't touch a seven foot rim, mm-hmm. you know, so there's, there's, there's that element, you know, yeah. if, if they can't succeed to play for the full 90 minute game, how do you expect them to be successful? So yeah. you got to do your part as a parent. If you really, truly want them to be professional, you have to do your part at home. That means feeding them right. Make sure they're getting good rest. Make sure that they're ready for the game on time. Bring yeah. them and not on time, ahead of time. So you got to do your part because 
it's not the kid's fault that they show up five minutes before the game. And the kid's not driving to practice. <laughs> or, or the kid misses practice, you yeah. know? And so, and, and, and to be honest with you, the reason why success is there, and we, we took a tier one and we won provincials, and we took a tier one uh, U11 team, never lost a game, and never lost a game with both teams, and never lost a game with it. It's because of the standards that we set early on, is you have to show up to practice, because practice makes you better, you know? You're not gonna you're not gonna get paid if you don't go to your job. So why would you get paid? Why would you get paid with playing time if you don't show up to practice? Yeah, great point. You know, so that's where the parents have and sometimes that pushes parents away. And that's okay. There's a place for you to play and there's community. You don't have to show up to soccer <laughs> mm-hmm. practice. And you can still go play the game. And every kid gets playing time. Totally. So yes, and, and that's the difference between there's levels, Kenny. There's, there's many levels, you know. And I'm talking like even the level that we're at, there's a higher, a greater level than that. Mm-hmm. Even at a youth age, they yeah. show up to all the practices, yet they're not getting playing time because they're not cutting it in practice because the level is so much higher. Mm-hmm. But th- those kids, I'm talking Spain, I'm talking Europe, yeah. you know. That's first. Uh, that becomes the first priority. I mean, that is. That you know, homework second. I mean, if anything, right. that gets put off aside because they're breeding these they're, new level of beasts for the future. They, they, they are, man. Like I, I'm telling you, when we went and played, you know, they took eleven out and put new eleven in against our team, and all eleven can play. And you know, so and they only put those new eleven because we were losing. You know, we took a a, a, a superior squad, international. And we went and played in Spain. And it just puts a perspective on the game itself. Do you mean Ahmed by like new 11 as like a fresh batch? Yeah, of fresh like batch. New like, new, new, like a completely different team. Like but the, the, but the same badge, same jersey, same everything. Oh, I have. And yet they, they destroyed us. That's I, equivalent to the Shark Tank in MMA. When you have the one guy preparing for a fight and you got a three minute round back to back with a fresh new guy. Yes. That is not easy. No. In any sport. Oh, be. yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, if the game was probably closer than that, they probably kept the, the first 11 in that were probably better. Yeah. But, but it shows you the level. Like, yeah, even here, the level is not there yet. And, 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 and my passion, my drive, my goal is to drive every kid to be better, but also to take that game to the, to the second level. Yeah into the third level, into the fourth level. And that's what we're driving. I really, really want to get there. And I believe I'm on the right path to get there. I truly believe that. And, um, and I, can't wait. I can't wait to start turning national players. You know? I can't Big wait time. to start having you know, players that played under the Soccer Elite Academy play for Team Canada. I yeah. think, honestly, I think I can easily turn. Right now, I know there's five or six players that can yeah. definitely play. Absolutely. You know? And that's when you realize it really is, back to your point, about parents being involved you being on board the kid being motivated to do it it's a team effort yes right i mean it's it goes without saying because it is a team sport after all now i want to know if other coaches are listening to this and i know it's the secrets right in the sauce it's right in what you're willing to say is what are some tactics coaching tactics you use that make you a winning team right because it's I'm not saying it's not normal, but let's just say it's worth applauding to when you've taken this many teams to the championship and creating undefeated teams at such a young age. And clearly with just some of the nuggets you've been able to give us so far, Ahmed, and saying like what ends up being even said in the team huddle. I even loved how you said that you coach every single athlete very differently. And that's huge. You can't just treat everyone one and the same. 
That's a 20 or 30 to so kids with very different family upbringings, very different personalities, yep. right? What are some other things you feel like you have done or you do that's just ingrained in your coaching capability that makes you take teams to the championship level? Honesty. Honesty. You know, I put players in positions where they're going to be successful. Honesty is a big thing. Honesty with the player, honesty with the parents, you know, uh, you, you, you can't let your emotions come into play here. Because, again, you want to, I want to make successful athletes, people, and overall a team. So being honest is, is, is one thing that I'm, I'm always up front. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll be honest with myself. I'll tell you, uh, my son, my middle son, you know, he's a great player. He's a great player, but he's on a great team. And there's better outfield players than him. So if I put him in an outfield position, he's probably not going to get as much playing time as I would put him in a spot where we need, where we have a gap. And he is damn good at it. He's the best keeper on the team, mm -hmm. but he's not the best striker on the team. Yeah. Play so to his strengths. I, and he's successful, right? And so now he's enjoying it. He's part of success yeah. in the best way he can be successful to help the team. Yeah. So again, every parent wants their kid to play striker and score goals yeah. because that's where the glory is, yeah. they think. You know? But when you dig deep into the, dig deep and dive right into the game, and if you truly watch somebody watch the game that doesn't, that knows so much about the game it's, it's most of the time it's not the kid that scores the goal that's the best player on the on the field yeah the mvp so it, you know that it's not i'll give you a perfect example is luka modric you know he plays for croatia i mean he won the ballon d'or he scored seven goals in the whole year where ronaldo and messi scored above 50 yet this kid won the ballon d'or best player in the world yeah and didn't even win the they didn't even win the World Cup, but yet he was crowned that yeah. because he was a phenomenal player. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, looking at 90% of the population that they don't know football the way the other 10% know, they're saying, why would he win the Ballon d'Or? Different aspects to the game, you know. So as a coach, you got to recognize where your good players are. And, and, and your good player, I have a kid that honestly doesn't score very much. He's the best player. Without him, we'd lose every game. Wow. We'd lose every game. Yeah. And he's my center back. He's my center back. And I have actually, in fact, two players. One on each team that play very, very similar. It's funny, you know, it's, I think that's a coincidence, but they're both super aggressive, super fast, yeah. and they shut down teams, like teams. Yeah. That's right? awesome. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not so, just one guy, the whole team. The whole team. Like they, I, I, again, this kid, these two kids don't score very much. We, we actually reward them sometimes when we play them up front, you know, when we're winning by a lot. And they score goals. They're very good. But they're amazing at what they do in the center back. And I'll tell you, they're going to be super successful growing up because that is a position that's hard to fill. Yeah. And if they learn it now and they continue to develop and sharpen their skills, that's your center back for Team Canada. Nice. You know, that's, that could be the two center backs for Team Canada right there. Yeah that I'm grooming right now. Yeah. So, 
And I mean, I would be very, very proud. I mean, putting these kids in this situation, that's, that's I mean, I'm getting shivers right now talking about yeah. it. You know? Take another coach, maybe the, take this kid, oh, he's fast, let's go throw him up front. You know, get us a goal. Yeah, you're getting one or two, but you're getting five scored on you. So what are you doing? Yeah. Right? So again, being honest with parents, being honest with the kid, and, and really... The confidence, the way I do it, when I communicate it, because I truly, I am genuine about it and I want the best for every kid. And they see it in my actions with my son playing in that, you know, and he loves to score goals. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> every, <laughs> yeah, you know, every time they score a goal, they get $5. Yeah. So he's like, man, I can't get $5 anymore. Yeah. Right. But, and, and you know, I, Lots of different examples that I set. It's I, I don't coach my kids any different than I coach any other. Actually, in fact, I'm harder on them. Mm-hmm. I have my my. This is provincials. I'll tell you a little story. Yeah, please. About my kid. Again, we talk about standards, setting the standards, setting you know the rules, the regulations, and all that in place. Yeah. So the kids get excited. They're in provincials, finals. You know, he's 11 years old. All these kids that are 11 years old, they're excited. They're, they're in provincial finals. They're pumped. Right? They're pumped. They're playing a year up. A year up. So they're playing kids that are older than them. Yeah. A whole and year at that age feels like a decade. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they're excited. They get into the locker room. Everyone's there half an hour early as we expect them to be. So they're supposed to get ready. I go into the locker room. They should be ready to go. 15 minutes. We give them the pep talk. They're on the field five minutes prior to the game. Here I am, go into the locker room. Everyone's ready except my son. Yet he's been in the locker room for 15 minutes. Yeah. So I asked him, what have you been doing for 15 minutes? You know, we're socializing. Great, you can socialize and get ready. Yeah. Right? Now, I want you to get ready. Yeah. Can you get ready? Time. Right? Because I need to give my pep talk. I need to give my game time plan i gotta give the pep talk what we're here to do what our expectations are because they're high right now this is the last game of the season yeah and we need you to be ready at the most important game so he starts getting ready as i'm giving my talk he's getting ready and so i go over the starting lineup and he's not in it and he's one of our best players you know so he's sorry intentionally not in it he's not in the starting lineup he was supposed to be, and oh, he's not. Scratched him out. Scratched him out. Nice, you know. And I put a, He's not playing. Yeah. He's gonna get benched. Now this is provincials final. So what does that send a message to the parents? And the parents know that he's the best player. He scores all the goals. He assists a lot of the goals, right? And I'm not being conceited about it. This is honestly, he's a great player. Yeah. But he's not gonna play for 15 minutes, Kenny. Because I'm sticking to my rules. Yeah. And I want to make sure that for next provincial finals, that every kid is ready to play. An hour before the game. Not 15 minutes before the game. And that's how we want provincials this year. Wow. You know? It's discipline. It's a big level of discipline. And a huge lesson for him. It's embarrassing for a kid. I think for anybody. You know what I mean? It Not is. to like put a negative connotation yeah. on it, but when that gets done, 
And now it's, you feel like, I didn't just let myself down, I let my team down. Not, not, not in a way feeling like, oh, if I'm not on there, we won't win, but he feels it. Like, mm -hmm. they're going to be rattled at me because I did something, I didn't follow protocol. Right. It's that uh, army approach. Yes. You know? and, and, you know, and you know, to be honest, he was hungrier than ever to hit the field. I bet. Yeah. We, were, we were losing one nothing in 15 yeah. minutes. So there's 10 minutes left in the first half when he came in. And he was like a bulldozer, man. <laughs> yeah, he came with a mission, eh? Like 3-1. Damn. By that first half. You know, he didn't score every goal, but he assisted on a, on a couple, and I yeah. think he scored one. I couldn't imagine the outcome of that game you know, if he and did so, start. But it was not just a lesson for him. It was a lesson for all the kids. It is, yeah. Because I did drive that home in the locker room, and why? He didn't play the first 15 minutes. Because... Mm -hmm. They're going to take that and say. You know what I love about this too, though, is I'm sure other parents were thinking it. Maybe other students were. I'll ask it anyway. But um, I'm sure because he's your son and he and you're coaching him on yeah, a team that you are leading, there's going to be the element of, oh, is parents thinking it? Other players thinking it? Maybe your son thinking it. Oh, is he going to get any special treatment? That took all of that entire questioning completely out the window. But I think also what people will think is, would he have also done that? Let's say now the, the hard parenting coming into play, would he have done that to any other kid? And I'm wondering if that was someone else, would the same treatment be in the play? You know what? I'm going to answer it very honestly. Please, yeah. Please. You know, not that harsh. Yeah. Not that harsh. Because, you know, it is provincial finals and I wouldn't. Not that harsh. Maybe I'd bench him for five. <laughs> skip, yeah. skip skip a shift and i'd let the parents know but i'm i'm being very very honest with you i appreciate the honesty you know i appreciate that i am very very hard on my kids and and i wish you know there's some parents that they say i want you to be harder on my kid and and i am and i when i get that green light and i am because yeah. uh, but in fairness yeah in fairness because i know what they can give me yes right but sometimes i am too hard on my kid mm -hmm. but i know what that's going to do for him in the future yeah exactly you know and that's why other parents want me to be hard on their kids because i know but there's again kenny there's kids that you have to again you get to know them and you have to cater to their emotions yes and you know and i learned something about this 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 one kid that i truly respect I, this kid has got god-given talent not mentioning names. God give, plays on my team, part of the elite, part of the Spear squad. Okay, the levels, you know, part of the club, part of the elite, part of Spear squad. Mm -hmm. God, natural given talent. His touch is flawless. Kid is amazing. But sometimes he lacks focus. Sometimes he's very focused. But he just doesn't have that obsession mm -hmm. that we're going to probably discuss later. Yes. Right? And I learned something about the kid, you know? So I'm trying to drive the best out of him. Like, what does it take for you, because you have that God-given talent, to become the player that you want to become? You know, passion is just an inner emotion, Kenny. If we don't act on it, it's just passion, man. Yeah. That's it. We live and breathe that on that's, the show. That, but that's time. it. But it's everyone has a passion to be something big time but not everyone is something so you gotta really 
take that passion and drive it. Yeah, it's up to you to do yeah. something with it. And that's what I wanted. And so, so when we went to Spain and he played and he wasn't very successful because the level was very high, Kenny. Very, very high. So we had a chat that he was going to change the way he lived life. Yeah. And so it was a, a very bright light. How old was he, if you don't mind me asking? He's, he's 11 years old. Oh, wow. But I'm telling you, these kids are a lot more mature. Yeah, if they're going than, to Spain for this level right. of play at that age, you can have so, a conversation. Actually, he was 12. Let's just be honest, 12 years Fair. old at the time. No, I'm sorry. He was still 11 because 11. he turns 12 in December and we were in Spain in September. So he was still 11 years old. Okay. Okay. And so here we are at the airport going back. Airport going back to Canada. This passion and drive is still, the fire is still lit. And yet he goes and he purchases pancakes and a muffin and, <laughs> and you know, and I felt so bad. And I said, I thought we were going to start. Because it does. It starts with you eating. If you're going to be a pro, you can't be a pro on the field. Yeah. You know that, man. You got to be pro in the way you sleep. You got to emulate it. You got to be a pro everything. in the way you eat. You got to be a pro in the way you handle yourself on and off the field. Respect. That to you as a coach was kind of a slap across the face. It was kind of like, what we just had to talk about this. You were on board. Yeah. And so I learned something about the kid. He... he did not want to eat the chips. He did not want to eat the muffin. He really took it to heart. He was crying. He felt angry. Did not want to talk to me. I felt bad. Oh, is it because you addressed it? I addressed and you were it. like, what are you doing? Oh, I addressed it. Oh, definitely. You know, because I know what this kid can give. And I know how yeah. good he is. And if he does the things that he's supposed to do and he knows it, this kid could be one of the best midfielders Canada's We'll see. Wow. He's that good. Yeah. Right? And, and again, you know, it, it was a learning experience for me. Because now I know how to treat this kid next time this happens yeah. in a different manner. Right? So, man, I learned so much more than I teach sometimes. Yeah, wow. You know, through these, because I get, man, all kinds of different athletes with different attitudes. It's very humbling because it goes back to your point about there's certain pressures you'll give other athletes that you won't to others there are certain ways you'll address something that's very different from others because everyone wants a very different level everyone could be on the same team sure. one kid or one parent's kid is going to be like you have to push him hard that's the only way he's going to flip and do yeah, it that's it's right. the only way Ahmed. Yeah, please yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're going to get the other who's like please he's sensitive he's, yeah. got, he's got such a big heart he's going to take every word you say seriously sure. and then that's where you kind of realize like okay i gotta kind of really think before i speak here yes in I, a I, lot I, of ways yeah, yeah. when you're talking to the individuals you're coaching 16 different ways if you got 16 different players yeah but when you coach as a team you're coaching one 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 philosophy definitely for sure wow well that is awesome yeah, i appreciate no, you sharing that story oh, no, especially sure. when something like that's not not easy sharing when you feel like it's a learning lesson that you had oh absolutely right and you know it's uh you know there's a lot of stories like that where you learn yourself lots i want to bring it back a little bit previously sure. from all these championships you've won with your team and you know share the story of 
how coaching Ahmed to you was always ingrained into your personality. Sure. It yeah. was uh, obviously from what I read from your biography that we're going to release with the, with the promotion of sure. this episode that well, is still going to go live for everyone to see when it was released. And you mentioned how when you came to this country from Lebanon and basketball was, you know, this passion you had to play, you ended up having one of your coaches leaving and then you became this direct replacement alongside the actual coach. Yes. You know, I want to really find out why or how coaching became about as a passion for you. Like if we go dig deep and I'm just using that as a reference. We sure, could even sure. just talk about your childhood or even sure. what that looked like. How naturally, I'm guessing, this wasn't something that you necessarily needed to read through 30, 40, um, how to coach for dummies books. No. You just kind of had this in yeah, you. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, where did that come from? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I think, um, Kenny, it, it does. You know, it, it goes back to, to all the way to childhood, you know. I remember, you know, playing, you know, I played very high level growing up soccer. That's football. We call it back in back in uh, back in Lebanon. That's where I'm from, right? So, um, you know, growing up in the Civil War uh, was was tough. You know, uh, you know, at 11, 12, 13 years old, you know, we played soccer on the street. Yeah. You know, we played soccer in 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 in, in not very big spaces. You know, and I, I'll be honest with you. I'll tell you a story where we would kick the ball and if it goes out of bounds, we would have to be careful how we get the ball if we don't make sure we don't get sniper down, you know? Wow. You know, there's certain ways that, you know, that we live by, right? And I mean, war was, was going on at the time. We'd be playing and bombs would start dropping, you know? We'd have to kind of run home and stuff like that. We played in bare feet, you know? We didn't have money to buy shoes. You know, we played on concrete. We played on sand. There was no grass, Yeah. you know? And so... I've always been one to lead because I loved the sport so much and I wanted to, to really grow and continue to play and play at a high level. Me being a young kid, I grew up fast. I, I am the youngest of, of eight. No way. Yeah. And so, but my other brothers and one sister, they're all really close except me. I'm like six years apart. Yeah. So I came... I don't know, late by mistake. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I really didn't have a brother to play with. So I was really like a solo kid, you know? I mean, you have your brother, my kids have their brothers, but, you know, and I really was kind of alone. So I really always kind of gathered the kids around and I went and played it. I set up a game or whatever because I wanted to improve, right? So me, me growing up, I was groomed for the national team in Lebanon until, you know, okay, that's it. The war is here. We need to make sure you're safe. You're a good kid. You're going to Canada. And here I am in Canada, moving to Fort McMurray, out of all places. Completely different world. Completely different world. Nothing but green space, but no one to play with. Yeah. And so even when we found a game, and adults play with adults, me being 13 years old, man, it, I was destroying them. I wasn't even a game. Didn't even know how to kick a ball. So it was actually frustrating to play the game by itself. You can't play this game by yourself. You got to be surrounded. The greater the players around you, the better you become. Yes. And so, so here I am. You know, didn't speak English. You know, I'm here from Lebanon, and basketball was there. You know, people played basketball. So here I am playing basketball. If I could go around people with the ball between my feet, oh, going around people. Well, the ball between my hands was easy. Yeah, that was kind of like a good icebreaker. Done. Yeah. Here it is. I'll, yeah, I showed up August 
you know, uh, 1994. By the time school started, I was speaking English. Within those two months? That's it. You know, I, I was able to speak. I learned a lot. I, uh, I, was a, I was a great basketball player by that time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I started for the senior team in my grade nine. Because in Formac, it's, uh, it's 9, 10, 11, 12, right? So, and, you know, to go back to your question, where passion started for, for, for coaching is in my grade 12 year. So I played, you know, senior, senior, senior team. In grade 11, the coach at the end of the year, my senior coach was one of my, and, 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 and that goes back to where my passion from coaching comes from. Because he helped me tremendously through the struggles that I was, because I actually, honestly, I was by myself here at 14 years old. It's tough. It's mentally very tough. Right. I needed a father figure. My head coach for the high school team was my father figure. He helped me get funds when we traveled out of town to play. He helped me pass school. In fact, I needed money. I was refing at one of the games that our school hosted a tournament, and he came into the gym, saw me because he was a counselor at the school, saw that I was refing, knew I had a classroom, came in, and this is like the next weekend we were supposed to travel to play in St. Albert uh, Showcase. He's like, you're supposed to be in class. Yeah. Why are you refing the game? You're skipping, you're skipping school. I needed money. I said, when did you ever need money? And you came to me and I never gave you money or helped you or... Yeah. You're not playing in the showcase. And that was the biggest lesson for me. Passionate, love the game. You know, the team depends on me, you know, and, and, and it was the biggest lesson for me. I see where that lesson came from when you gave that to your kid now. <laughs> right? Exactly. Wow. And, and that moment, that moment was devastating for me. Devastating. I, I got pulled out of the game. I wasn't able to ref, put into class and still punished because I wasn't going to go travel. So until the day of, I cried every day, Kenny, every day, begging. That was my favorite tournament. Coming to Edmonton to go to St. Albert, play in the showcase, my favorite tournament. Played against the best of the best. That's yeah. all I wanted, man. Yeah. It's to showcase my talent against the best of the best. Mix of challenge and performance, right, right in one. And um, from, from there, basically, honestly, till the last, I'm talking hour, like 4 a.m., you know. He called my brother and said, okay, you can bring him. And I actually ended up going. And again, that- The very, like, like morning very of. morning Pretty of, much. Morning of. So he left in my grade 11 year at the end of it. So my grade 12th year, they brought in a new gym teacher that knew nothing about basketball. Absolutely zero. And so I ended up taking the role of running the plays, running the drills, going through the tryouts, I was there from day one. At grade 12, I, in the team, yes. and not just team captain duties, coach duties, coach duties, while you're playing. While I was playing. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, and it was, uh, it was a role that I honestly embraced, you know, and we, we worked together, you know, because he was obviously an adult, mature, he traveled with us, but he relied on me for information. What do you do? Who's, who do we play? Who do we... You know, and, and from there, I, I really, like, I was team captain for a while, and, and uh, but, but I knew there was something there for me, you know. 
I didn't think it would honestly take me to put me in this spot right here, you know, being a director to five, six hundred kids and, and, you know, uh, coaching, you know, three teams and, and coaching an academy of four teams and, you know, growing academy into Edmonton and Calgary and, and taking it international, you know, probably almost a thousand kids underneath, you know, not, I, I didn't think it would take me to that level, yeah. but, 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 wow. it, but it's, but, but here I am, you know, I honestly, yeah. here I am. What I love about that is this, that was, let's say years ago, <laughs> right? Maybe it's not like ago. that was yesterday. Yeah. But when you just connected the dots like that, it makes me so happy for you and proud because I compare that to the people that go, oh, son, when I was, when I was your age, when I was in high school, I did this. Oh, okay, dad, then what happened? What, what did you do with that? What, did you, what more happened out of that? Oh, you know what, son, I decided to go work in the rigs or I decided to go do this and it just was good money. Met your mom and you happened and I uh, just had to look the other way. And then the kid just kind of goes, oh, okay, dad. But then at that point, and I haven't personally experienced this. I just have other people I know who really well personally experienced it. Well, I kind of have in a way because my dad, he, he had a very bad injury. And that, that was life-altering for him. It's a whole other story. But um, it's just a kid, your kid, your child becomes that much more motivated to chase their dreams and, and follow their passion when they saw that you did it, when they, when they saw that, hey, dad, success or failure, he tried, I'm gonna try too. I'm gonna be willing to give that's it a go. That's the idea, you know? that's, that's and that, the idea. That's huge, and I'm sure along the way, we still have to touch upon it, that you're going about life, living, years going by, needing to make money, family happening, but look at how you took taking a team where you're 17, 18 years old, and you're coaching and playing, and now you're doing it for thousands of kids. That's amazing, man. I, just, I had to acknowledge that. No, thank you. Thank you. That's unreal. Appreciate right? it. Appreciate it. Along the way, I mean, this is this is what's really neat because I, I care a lot about this. Is like, what did you tell yourself or what needed to happen for you to be like, you know what, that is my passion. It's not going anywhere. I have to make a career out of this. I, I need to just I can't look back. It's good. I'm gonna make this happen without any regrets. Because let's be honest, there's 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 the variables of family. There's a variable of being in a new country. For sure. There's finances. Like what kind of, what convinced yourself, Ahmed, to do it? And then how did you make that happen? And this is for listeners out there. Oh, absolutely. We're so curious. They're like, well, yeah. it's just so easy to say you did it, but like how? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, the, the one main uh, drive behind this is what if I had somebody like me growing up taking me in this direction? Where would I be? At 13, 14 years old, me being groomed to go play for the national team, if I had somebody that coached me and gave me a pathway to where I would go to continue my goal and to continue to drive towards my dream, where would I be? Would I play pro? Would I, would I play pro soccer? You know, I'm not saying I don't love what I did with my life. I went to college. I went play college sports, very high level. I was a captain of the team, very successful. I got a really great job through sports, and I have a great career with my work, but it was something missing because I wanted 
to give kids and youth players something that I never got. You know, okay? It's, it, these opportunities don't happen, didn't happen 20 years ago. They, they, weren't, they didn't exist. They didn't exist. There was no pathway academies. Their kids couldn't go to Europe and play soccer that easily. That's where I come in. Yeah. That's, that's my drive. My, I saw it. My kid is decent. He's a very good player. And other parents start like, you know, we, we, want, we want you to coach. Like, on, like individually start coaching. I started just from like the coaching. I was coaching always. But the academy thing just kind of grew on its own. I started with like five, six kids. Yeah. You know, and it grew to 10 and 12. And, and when did the Elite Academy start? Elite Academy started in 2019, early 2019. Oh, there you go. Like really early. Yeah. You know, like not, not too long ago. And, uh, and now we're, we're like 400 kids. That's nuts. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. 400 players between here and Calgary. And, yeah. and we're talking like elites, like the elites of elites. And we played against other academies in the city yeah. that have been academies for 10 years. And we're beating them. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, so, and I mean, I'm not saying this is, this is what it's all about, winning or losing, but it shows you that, you know, we're grooming great players, but not just players, hardworking. Because I, I want to tell you one thing I, we've never mentioned before. One thing that I always, always tell my kids before every game, mm-hmm. what do we do with our lives. Everything we use, we, we use our hands. We pick up a cup using our hands. We drive using our hands. Everything we do, we brush our teeth using. So we do a lot of things using our hands. So it's, it's, we don't make mistakes uh, brushing our teeth or picking up a cup or, yeah. unless you're unfocused, right? But we don't do a lot of things with our feet. So I expect you to make mistakes. I mean, I don't go in that detail into the speech, but I don't, I expect you to make mistakes. But one mistake I don't expect you to make is working hard. Yeah. No one can make that mistake. It's a choice. It's not a mistake. So I need you to make a choice right now that you're going to work hard for the whole game. Not for 95, not for, not for 85 minutes, yeah. for a whole 90. If you're playing a 90 or in our case, sometimes we play 50 minutes for the whole 50. Yeah. And that's one thing that I drive is that is a choice. It's not a mistake. You know, when you don't make a hard run, it's a choice you made, not a mistake. So that's one thing I really, really drive. drive I love that. You get them to understand that. That I I put myself in that kid's shoes. I'm 25 minutes into the game. I'm probably exhausted, you know, throat's dry tired i want to go home play video games but then i just i recall yesterday when you know coach ahmed gave me that pep talk he said listen guys every minute counts if you catch yourself for a single minute losing track your head's going elsewhere you're thinking about that fresh slurpee you're gonna sip on mom and dad pick you up don't worry about that right right now is the game focus on that this isn't forever (laughs) yeah that's right just work hard yes right every minute counts because it's, yeah. it's so true. It really 100%. does. Look at buzzer beater moments in yes. sports when that one there millisecond was a game changer. changer. It was an absolute, like, from zero to hero, yeah. from just being wired in and being yeah. like, we're not losing until the final stretch. Absolutely. Because we're going to give it all we got. And 100%. you get 20 kids doing that all at the same time, 
It's magic. Oh, it, it, it is. It's honestly, it's, 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 it's inspiring to me. You know, I, I give pep talk every game. That's but, awesome. But it's, it's a pep talk about not just, I, I don't prep it. I, it, it comes natural, can you be based on what's happening, based on what, what I see. And sometimes the best pep talk is let's go and play. Yes. Oh, I love that you said that. You know, here, here's the biggest misconception people yeah. have. I, I bet you a lot of kids or parents think it. Maybe they've, they've probably brought it to your attention. Oh, Ahmed, like little Billy here, how do I motivate him? You know, okay, okay, what, what are you doing to motivate him more? And, and I've, I've had that personally experienced through my own uh, personal training clients, right. even through uh, classes I've taught in kickboxing. Everyone sometimes, not everyone, but there'll be time to time someone asks, hey, like, how do I get motivated to like try harder? And I'm like, you know what? Motivation doesn't happen until you take action. Once you take action first, you will become motivated. 100%. So many people switch that. Yes. Right? 100%. You need to first, like you said, let's get out there. Let's play the damn game. Yeah. Let's, see, let's show up. It goes yes. back to your point. Just show up. Show up 15 minutes early. 100%. Right? 100%. You do all the steps I tell you. I'm here. Don't worry. Yeah. I'll, 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 if, if you need me to baby you and carry you and push you, I will. But once you show up and you're there, by the time you break your first sweat and you pass that ball to Billy, you're motivated. Yeah. Because you took action. That's right. 100%. You know, right? just get up and make your bed. That's the first thing. <laughs> yeah. Just do that. But you know what I love about that? I'm telling you, it's funny you mentioned that, Ahmed. Uh, I've had three people already tell me to read the book. I think it's literally called Get Up and Make Your Bed. Oh, yeah. But there's so many tie-ins <laughs> yeah. around. The moment you wake up in the morning, when you make your bed, it's not about, oh, keep your room clean, make it tidy. That's half of it. The other half is in the first five minutes of your day, you already completed the task. You're productive. Yep. Yeah. Then, you, then you're just thinking already, okay, what's next? what's next? What can I try next? Absolutely. But you got Absolutely. something done. Absolutely. Right? Look, it, it, you hit it spot on, man. You got to just take action. Yeah. A lot of the times, you know, I like to go to the gym, but there's sometimes when I don't want to go to the gym. <laughs> yeah. I really don't. I, I'm tired, you know? I work all day and I go and I... And I train the boys and, and, you know, I don't have time for myself, yeah. right? But I really like to, my appearance is, is important to me. I'm, I am very detailed, man. I, I, the, the, the car I drive is the shoes that I wear. The shirt that I wear has to match the pants. Right. I, I'm very detailed. I am very detailed well, I about tell, everything. Man, I saw those photos, the stunner shades you were wearing and those professional shots. I know you got style. You know, and so like, <laughs> and so that's part of like, it's the details, right? Yeah. And, and I, I tell you that sometimes I don't like to go to the gym. All I say to myself is just get up, get in the car, and just go smell the gym. Ah, I love just it. smell it. You know, just go smell it. And once I'm there, can you? Man, I, I, on those days in particular, I have the best workouts. I love it. Uh, the best workouts, man. Yeah. I really do. I, you know what's <laughs> awesome about that is because you're not telling yourself to get up and go to the gym. You're not saying, I'm going to do a workout. The idea of doing the workout is killer. Yeah. You're going, okay, I'm going to get up and go to my car. That's it. That's just, it. I got to get up and go to the car. That's it. I got to start it and <laughs> smell the gym. That's it. Just, just to <laughs> say I did it. First. I did it because I, I've been doing it for a long, long time. Yeah. And, and when I, I'm, you know, it's, it's, again, details, right? Oriented details. Um, I like routine. Mm -hmm. I am very, I, I like routine. You know, because I think 
Routine is very important. I try to give routine. That's why I did these online training, you know, during this pandemic. Yes. You know, I, I did over 100 hours of online training. And I specifically set it for a single time and day, which is every day, because I wanted to give a routine, not just to me, but to all the youth athletes, something to look forward to. That, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go shower and I'm going to have supper. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get ready before my session. Mm-hmm. So there goes four hours of my time. Now I have a routine as a kid. You know, I have something to look forward to. And that's what just about every parent, you know, sent I, hundreds of messages, hundreds of thank you messages. It wasn't, I wasn't doing it for the thank you messages, but that's what they were missing, a routine. And I am very routine oriented and I like that. And so, that, you know, if, if I don't complete that task, yeah. you know, it's not good. And that's what I say. Just, just go smell it. It's a task that's completed. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes I get way more out of it. <laughs> well, no, that, that, that's what I love about it because you're also being consciously aware of, of other people's families' uh, situations. Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. I mean, I can't imagine back when I grew up with doing Taekwondo, if my sensei went, okay, guys, once a week, I'm just gonna give you a pamphlet, and we're gonna just change the time every time. Like even in like physical, yeah, yeah, actual yeah. practices, it's just it confuses everyone. Yes. When you have now the the kid hardwired, the parents hardwired to be like, hey, listen, you eat your supper. Yeah, COVID or no COVID, I get it. Our life is a little, un, it's a little bit unpredictable right now. Right. We're sitting on our asses constantly, just trying to think of something to do. Right. But at least you know, son, that at six o'clock, it's game time. You're going to go that's do it. your practice while you're home. Yes. Right. Yes. You're still you're still making sure that that's there, 100%. even during a time that we've recently just passed and are living in. Yeah. Where it just felt like unprecedented times. And it, it's just it like did. you're not really too sure what to do with your time, especially at that age. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And I wanted uh, I wanted to touch upon that because now that we're kind of reopening up the city, practices. I hope, cross my fingers, can start happening in the sports yeah. world. Do you think you're going to continue to still do virtual sessions? Uh, so, so now that things are, are opening up slowly, um, I think we're moving away from the online to the public and we're going into the zoom sessions. So zoom sessions would be still virtual, but more, uh, I want to start to see the athletes work, how hard they're working. Sweet. I want to, I want to be able to see them and point out some things that they're making because in the, in the way I was doing it, I just wanted to do it for all the kids, whether they're level one or 10. Mm-hmm. And it was level one and level 10 doing these sessions and all sorts of ages. But I wasn't able to see what they're doing. You know, they were giving me numbers, they were communicating, it was interactive, but I wasn't seeing their work ethic. The interface was showing you, right? and then you were just hoping that they were following They were doing it, exactly. Yeah. So. So we, we did one on uh, just just on uh, Saturday, yesterday. And um, it was a great session. I mean, you know, I was able to, to see some kids that were not doing anything at all, you know. And I would be, I was able to talk to them and say, why aren't you doing something? Good. You know, and so I think we're going to move towards that. Nice. For sure. That is awesome. Yeah, so I, I know hopefully, hopefully things will open up where yeah. we can where we can actually still do the social distancing mm-hmm. and have like 16 players and a 10 by 10 grid and I can be in the middle and just watch them all. So that's yeah. another option. Not on a sports field, maybe like in a park. That's really good. For sure. I, I'm glad. And I, it's, it's, it seems to me you're taking all the right steps 
from from slowly being able to go back to normal yeah. right and i know a lot of that's out of our control but yeah, it it's amazing to see how you're still able to be innovative through the process no absolutely right? you know i again we are sanctioned under the uh, alberta soccer association mm -hmm. and uh, obviously alberta soccer association is the governing body for soccer here in alberta but they're also you know they get their information from canada soccer association and and i, I don't want to do anything that's gonna you know go against you know what they're saying so we want to make sure that it's safe for the athletes and i'm sure they're giving good guidance you know yeah. for us again you know my main ultimate goal is to provide canada soccer with players oh and yeah I, that is i say it with so much pride and passion and i believe i truly believe that we can house 50 maybe 60 percent of that those players absolutely you know that's awesome man i want to bring to our attention the challenge aspect of, of coaching and i know we've already uncovered and dissected a lot today which is yeah. awesome it's just one of the topics that i know is of interest i want to see if there is anything that we haven't mentioned yet just regarding challenges that, that you face internally or externally through coaching um that might be uh just an opportunity for you to address to others sure just so parents are aware other coaches are aware of sure. you know what once you get to this rank or this level of coaching this many athletes you have sure this glorious title behind your back and, and you definitely have this pressure that comes with it but there's also this fine line between understanding that it comes with new problems yeah maybe good problems to have but they're still relatively new yeah. and uh give us a you know allow us to give you the opportunity to express any sure. of these challenges sure, absolutely you know i think challenges are great okay i mean you know without challenges life would be boring yeah you know if you're not faced with challenges, you're not doing something right. Because you'd be going through the motion. You'd be going through the motion. You're, 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 you don't accept challenges. You know, you, you, gotta, you gotta be challenged and you gotta challenge others, you know? Yes. Um, you hit it spot on because as you grow and you get better and you have better players, the biggest challenge for me, and, and I tell you, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking, is, is tryouts. Tryouts are, are devastating for me. I, I don't like tryouts. I, I love them and I hate them. Not it's, everyone it's, gets it's, selected. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a bittersweet, and I, I'll explain why. You, especially when you win. When you win, people want, people want to be part of a winning team. But when you win, you're gonna get good players come out to try out. And sometimes those good players are better than the players that you have. Yeah. So as, as you recall me saying, I've had kids since they were five. So a little story about challenge. You know, I, I, it was, this is, I'm talking, you know, September of 2019. This is exactly a year from today. I had to make three phone calls at, during tryout. Two kids. I've had since they were five years old. I had to call their parents saying, you know what? Your kid's not going to make the team. And this is before I even made the team. Oh. Because I knew who was coming out. I knew who came out. And I knew how bad they wanted and they were better. Yeah, at the end of the day. And so that's a huge challenge. But that's a challenge that I find is a great learning as well. I didn't just talk to the parent. I talked to the kid as well wow you know and, and again honesty because 
Kenny, you know what the biggest issue in society today is? We hand everything to our kids on a platter because no, we spoon we feed them. We because we have it; it's available. But we're, it's wrong. It's wrong. You gotta you gotta make sure that they're getting what they deserve, what they earn. And that's that was the it was a challenge, but it was also an opportunity for coaching. Again, adversity challenges that come in life you're not gonna get every job you are gonna get cut part of it's part of and i i if this kid the two three kids actually i know one of them for sure is definitely taking it to heart and he's working harder than ever and he, he was coming out to try out this outdoor season before you know this whole pandemic happened the other two kids are believe it or not they're part of the elite academy but yet they're not playing on to you. Again, it has nothing to do. This is absolutely has nothing to do with money. This is all about learning lessons. And the academy doesn't charge very much, actually. We don't make any. We buy them gear. This is more for the future. Mm-hmm. But the lessons learned, the challenges, talking to the parents, telling them, hey, you know, I, I'm your friend. And I'm telling you, I can't take your kid because I have... 16 other players that are better than your yeah. kid. You have to talk to them logistically and be like, But also, like- it's a learning for them, Kenny. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do to make your kid come back next year and play? Because he's good. He was good for five years, but he's not good today because there's somebody else that's better. Go do something about it. I'll help you to do something about it. So there's those challenges, of course, you know, and any coach, they'll tell you the same thing. I mean, this year, I had like six parents call me after we won provincials, you know, that saying they're going to bring their kids. And I know some of these kids are phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. And, and, and now I'm thinking like before trials, like what do we do? What do we do? Who do we cut? Yeah. We have great players. Let's see what happens. Bring them out. Let's see what happens. I might have to make a tough decision. Mm-hmm. So there's that challenge. The other challenge is, is, you know, parents, obviously, you know, dealing with youth. You know, mama bear, papa bear always comes out, man. You know, <laughs> and, and, and you know, they come out with the big always, guns. They come out with the wallet. <laughs> always, always, you know, and, uh, and and you know, again, honesty is is key. You know, and sometimes you know, my personality is very strong. Yeah. So some parents shy away from communicating with me, and that's not a good thing. I I really open it up. I communicate, please. If you see something, don't wait 24 hours. Don't wait 24 hours. I don't want that, you know, cool it down. You know, come talk to me. You know, I'm not going to bite you. Come, let me know your concerns. Because there's some things, Kenny, that I make mistakes at. Sometimes I'm in the heat of the moment. I misplay a kid. I don't play him for a shift or two. Not deliberately, you know, or maybe deliberately, but come tell me. Yeah. So they yeah. can know your logic behind you why know, and I'll tell happened. you why. Yeah, you know, I'll give you a perfect scenario where a parent was really upset with me for not playing the kid, but when I called the kid to come on, did not want to play because the pressure was high. Oh, he did not know that, so he came, was discussing, and I had to explain to him. He went, asked the kid. The kid said yes, Dad, and that was it. But if he would have went home, slept on it. Never heard of it. Yeah. These be a completely different story. Completely right? different story, right? That yeah, like that well lesson and that that's a really good lesson to learn because it translates so much to even what I've been through. Uh just through job interviewing. 
right? I know we kind of touched on that yeah, earlier, yeah. but if I didn't understand now is for the mindset of an athlete that you don't always win and that there's 7 billion other people in this world, the quicker you can learn that at a young age, the quicker you can identify yourself as realizing that you're not the best. I'm not saying that in a cutthroat, you suck, there's someone better than you, but just understanding that you're not the only one chasing that spot, right? You want that position that you feel well-qualified for? Well, guess what? There's another person. There's 20,000, 30,000 other people, God knows, depending on what niche you're in, who are going to want it. And if you don't get it, then accept it. Then be like, yeah, you know what? That, that's when you as the athlete, you as the, and sometimes I love how you mentioned that you go out of your way as the coach. And I find that's a brilliant thing that some people in the human resources world do. Not everyone does it, but I love the ones who, who emulate what you do and they go, you know what, Kenny, I'm going to tell you what happened. You know what, we loved you. We thought you were great. And this is coming from me where I was at a point, Ahmed, six months ago where I was going through job interview after job interview after job interview after job interview to get a single one. Did that break me slightly? Absolutely. But I still always, what made me sleep better at night was going, you know what, there's just someone better. But what do I need to do? What is missing? That's when I start you know, getting certifications. That's when I start cleaning up the resume. That's when I start sharpening my interviewing skills. But if you're not doing any of that, well, hey, 10, 20, 30 more interviews later, it's just gonna be the same thing, the same response you get, yeah. right? And I love how you kind of as that human resource example, you're going to the kid and being, listen, here's who didn't get it and here's why. But here's what you're really good at. Here's what's missing. Let's just work on that. Let's fill in the gap. Yeah. You know, come back next year. Let's let's give it another shot. Absolutely. You know, and, and then when the kid can learn and realize at that young of an age, and they go, oh, okay, it's not me because I suck. It's it's just there's so many other me's out there. There's, right? They there's, start their worldview changes. Hundred percent. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I just it's amazing to see how much yeah. I could tell how you coach is you look steps and years ahead of realizing, man, I'm going to tell this kid something that I didn't know at their age. No, and they're exactly. going to they're gonna carry this with them for the exactly. rest of their life. Exactly. Right? And that kind of brings yeah. everything back. 100%. That's a topic, honestly, yeah, you can talk about all day. Yeah. All day. I mean, all day, man. You know, just... But one thing is, is you got to keep going. Mm -hmm. There will always be somebody better than you mm -hmm. at any given day. Always, you know? So if you think... You're the best. And that's one thing that I tell all my players. Don't think you got it. Don't think you, you are it. There's somebody better than you out there. 100%. Somebody better than you. Don't think you got it. And don't practice till you get it right. Don't practice till you get it right. You got to practice till you can't get it wrong. That's, what, that's how you become a professional. That's the difference between professionals and amateurs. Amateurs can do it good 10 out of 100 times, but a professional can do it good 95 out of 100 times. Yeah. Because they practice till they can't get it wrong, you know? And that's the difference. That's, that's what I'm coaching. Yeah. That's, that's elite. Yeah. That's where I want to go with the elites. That's why we're pushing them. Every day, Kenny, we push them harder than the day before. Because if we continue to grow, at little increments, every single day. 1% a day. Every single day. Be better than yesterday. That adds up, man. Yeah. And you could be that professional. And you say it, man. There's 7 billion people in the world. And the chance to play pro, yeah, it's very slight. 
very slim. But you can definitely, if you work hard, you'll get a great education. I guarantee you that. If you take that same work ethic that you put into your youth athleticism, athletic career, and you carry it through, and all the things that you learn, I guarantee you, you'll get a great job. You'll get a great career. You'll be a great husband. You'll be a great father. Yeah. You'll be a great grandfather. And you'll be a very well-respected human being, whether you're a female or a male. Wow. That's so well said. <laughs> I agree. I, I really believe wholeheartedly that you say this to the kids as well because it just makes me believe that there's a lot of kids, back to your point, who every single player wants to become the next uh, Messi. They want to become you know, the next David Beckham. They want to they be that kid, and not all of them are going to be. And I'm sure you have these conversations 100%. with them and realize that, guys, no matter what happens, what you're doing here on the field today, and you've even said it through your stories, it goes, uh, it goes on and off the field. You're gonna take this with you in your education, sure. the way you're wired. And uh, you kind of already answered it. It's kind of we're coming towards the end here is that level of obsession an athlete or coach or parent needs to have on top of how does an athlete know where he fits yeah. to begin with, right? right. I just want to be aware that if you've already answered that fully, if there's anything missing, as far as how do you know where you're fitting as an athlete at that age and that level of obsession you need. Yeah, you know, obsession, I love that word, you know. I, I tell you, because um, can you, to, to be professional, to be professional at anything you do in life, whether it's your job, to be good at it, or, you know, maybe an art, you have to be really obsessed mm -hmm. about something. And I tell this to my kids and, and some of the kids that are were grooming to be you know, super elites, you know, that we think that they have a chance. If they're not obsessed with the sport, with their passion, and take that passion and take the inner drive and drive it out and be obsessed about it, what is obsession? Obsession is when you live every single moment of your day thinking about the things that you love to do in your mind, playing, where you don't feel like playing, you're out there playing. That's obsession. When you're at home and you come back and you're exhausted, you pick up your iPad, but you're not playing a video game, you're actually watching. You're educating, you're being a student of the game. When you sit down to eat, you're not eating the, the fries, you're eating the vegetables. That is obsession. Because you're obsessed about something you truly wanna Manifest, you will accomplish. If you have an obsession, I'm telling you, any person with an obsession about something can accomplish anything they want in life. Anything. Whatever they put their mind to it, man. You do something long enough, it will manifest for you. I guarantee you that. But not every kid can do that. Not every human being can do that. Because distractions are all around us, man. Tons. All around. Especially it. in 2020. Especially now. in 2020. Especially in this century. That we're even in between 2010 to 2020. There's Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat, and my, Facebook, and, and YouTube. And, Everything to grab your attention. And, 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 anywhere, and, and online, everywhere. everywhere. You know, and, and you know, you gotta be obsessed, man. You gotta go to the field 
and kick the ball where there's nobody around. Yeah. You got to practice and do the runs when no one's watching. Mm-hmm. That's obsession. When you can do that, you'll accomplish anything in life. Whether it's, it's reading books to make you smarter, to become a doctor. You know, why doctors are so good at what they do? They study for like nine hours a day. You think that's not an obsession? Yeah, you can't just do that because right? you're wanting to do it for money. You're doing it, and that, that's what a lot of doctors realize. Right. Is when that, that makes or breaks them from becoming one. Yeah. Going to med school and be like, whoa, I need to like, I need to enjoy this 10 hours a day to get to this get point to- in 10 years. <laughs> 100%. I, I have an obsession. Man. I have an obsession with the academy that I'm building. I'm telling you. I, if I am not working at my job, I'm doing soccer lead academy of some sort your life revolves around it that's it i work there's a block of time where i work i focus on that i have another obsession now i'm very good at what i do very good at what i do and i travel all over the world doing what i do for my job but i have an obsession about this academy as well and i work 24 7 based on what i do but honestly i only have one job my obsession is not my work, yeah. and it's not a job. It's something that I really, really, really love to do. Wow. That's it. That is awesome. I could just feel it, man. I could feel it in this room and in your eyes how much you actually do care about the entire definition of the importance associated with obsession. Oh, for sure. Right? That's huge. Like, I'm fired up right now. <laughs> you make me feel like I want to go for a run right away. Yeah. <laughs> like, just go guns blazing. Yeah, man. No, for sure. You, you know. said something neat there. So you still are... So to correct, correct me if I'm wrong, being a director of the soccer academies isn't your full no, job. You, I, you, you do all of this yes. on top of yes. your career. Yes, absolutely. What is that? I, 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 I am in the, uh, in the project world. Uh, so I'm actually an instrument engineer and technologist. Fantastic. But, yeah, and so I started in that. And believe me, you know, just like sports, it just slowly grew from there, man. I wow. went from instrument to start coordinating work to, uh, you know, being a scheduler to project control to being part of the core team of a projects and, you know, managing $2 million projects. I've traveled all over the world. I was actually instructing instructor you know, based on my role, I would go and instruct all over Argentina. I went to Argentina, to China. I went to, uh, you know, Houston, Texas. Uh, I've been all over, man. Holy. Yeah. See, I'm sorry. I didn't even realize yeah, that. No, no, for sure. For you to be able to balance and juggle this huge obsession you have yes. with soccer and take it to the level you have now and juggle a job like yeah, that yeah. and be at very large roles amazing man yeah, man. Amazing. I, I, I love what i do you know honestly and you know i can't do any of this without the support of obviously my wife yeah you know because she she loves soccer too man you know she she truly loves football since she, she since she was a little kid you know she's always watched the world cup it's huge in lebanon man soccer i mean people die over soccer yeah it's they really do. So it's, yeah, it's, it's culture, ingrained right? into the culture. And, uh, you know, without her support, honestly, sometimes she tells me, like, I miss soccer. Like, that's, that's you know, that's what she says all the time. You know, she, she really, truly uh, support supports that, you know. And uh, without her, man, you know, none of this would be available or, or happening, you know, because mm-hmm. she supports it. You know, she she cleans the jerseys. She, 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 we wash the pennies. She washes the pennies for me. And she, she does a lot of things, you know, for us. Takes you know? a team. A hundred percent takes a team. And I 100%. extremely acknowledge you for, 
for being able to give her credit where credit's due. Absolutely. Right? Because raising the beautiful family that you have cannot be done without no, the partner man. in crime, right? You know, we tell her every day. You know, <laughs> at, the dinner, at the dinner table, we tell her because sometimes she's uh, she's fed up with all the boys because they're always fighting. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, they come in with dirt and everything else. But she's always, uh, you know, she's always praised, man. And, That's awesome. And, uh, you know, she gets praised quite a bit from, from all of us for sure. I'm going to ask you a question. I ask every single guest this. Sure, sure. And I'd, I'd be honored to hear your answer. Sure. You even mentioned it as far as levels go in life, taking it to the next level. That's what we're all about here, man. You know, sure. we bring on guests to share their aspiring stories of how they've taken their passion project into uh, a profitable career path into something that they sure. can not only make money off of, but it fuels their obsession, yes, right? And I want to know, for everyone listening to this, I'm sure they're curious too, for you, Ahmed, what do you believe it takes anyone to take it to the next level? You see, we, we bring you on here with open arms on the Second Floor Podcast, and we oh, thank you. loved having you on here, man. man. Thank you for having me. And Absolutely. I want to know, from your perspective, what do you believe it takes metaphorically for someone to make it to the second floor? You know, from my perspective, I think hard work is definitely one. You know, working hard, passion, hard work, obsession. But I think you can't do any of this without a good collaboration, you know, collaborative effort from people, you know, trust and collaborating, you know, uh, you can't go to the next level. People, man, you need people, you need people like Kenny, you know, to bring me <laughs> on the second floor podcast, you know, you need, you need people like, you know, that, I, that I collaborate with. I collaborate with a lot of people. You know, we have, you know, uh, an academy in, in Calgary right now. I have my coaching staff, you know, with the clubs that I coach, you know, the, the whole staff, you know, collaborating is such a, an important thing. That's why we play team sports. So, so we can be a good teammate. So we can be a good person to each other. You know, I collaborate with a big, huge company that I, I own the rights for in Canada, which is Superior Squad. Superior Squad is an international soccer platform. Superior Squad Sports Management, SSSM, has about 200 youth players right now signed to their name that are turning professionals. They're worth about, these youth players are worth about $3 million. Wow. They're in 10 countries, including Canada, which is us. Yeah. You know, uh, they're all over. They're in the U.S., Australia, uh, China. Um, they're uh, they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. Look them up. You know, Superior Squad. S S S M. S S S M. You know, Superior Squad uh, Sports Management. Yeah. You know, so I am part of the agency. You know, so so that's the whole idea is we groom them through the Elite Academy. The best of the best end up playing for Superior Squad. And that's through collaborate, collaborating, 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 working yeah. hard, collaborating. They play for Superior Squad. From there, they go right into the agency once they turn 16. Damn. And then we start signing players. This is that weed out process of understanding yeah. that, you know what, you want to work with Ahmed. You want, you want to work hard and you're, I'm your coach, you're on my team, and you do everything, you show up. There's a, there's a future for you. Uh, there is. There's absolutely. SSSM. But we you got to give. Yeah. you got to give. You know? you it's not just going to be given to you on no. a silver platter. No. And, and you know what? It's merits. That's why, the, that's, that's why there's Superior Squad. So there's the Elite Academy, which is great. And we drive. We go hard. 
but it's going to get harder and harder. As we grow even more, it's going to be really hard to play for Superior Squad Canada because that's the team that we travel with. That's the team that's going to go play in Italy in 2021. And if we, if we win those tournaments, we'll be playing against the best of the best in Italy in a different tournament, which is invitation only. And we get invited and we go, we travel for free to these tournaments. We have to win that one. And we will, and that's our goal. You know, and so I, you know, I touched on passion, uh, you know, obsession, hard work, but I think there's one thing that you, for growth, you have to collaborate. Yes. You have to collaborate. And I have a great partner, uh, you know, you know, that I work with the Spirit Squad international owner. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's phenomenal. You know, he's very good at what he does. He's in Europe. Nice. So he's got the European market. He's got great connections. He's yeah. got the best connection in the world, you know, uh, with the youth academies, with the youth players. It's fantastic. So he's all over. He's in Spain, Italy. You know, we communicate every day. We have meetings and he's just very similar to me, man. Young, energetic, go-getter. You know, he's played professional in his youth career. Nice. And he's played professional as an adult. And so, you know, and, you know, we met before we, before even both academies, you know, were formed. We met and, you know, we briefly discussed this thing, you know, like briefly, you know, through my son. He actually, you know, my son was scouted early on at an early age, like seven years old. And he played uh, for a, like a German club. And then, and then he scouted him. And he went to Spain for the first time ever by himself at like 10 years old. Nice. Believe it or not. Happy belated birthday to your son, by the way. Yeah, thanks. And, you know, so that's how our, our collaboration ended up happening and our vision. You know, a vision is, is, is something without a timeline. A goal is, has got a timeline, you know. So we had a vision and that vision will always be without a timeline because that vision can grow to be something bigger than than I ever anticipated. I this is growing to bigger than I've ever anticipated. You know, to be honest with you, and um, and and yeah, that I don't know if that answered your question, but I I really think I just want to summarize it again in a short answer to your question. It's it's definitely hard work, uh, passion, obsession, and collaborating. It really is C- collaborating and, and determined. You know, of course, if. If it wasn't any of those things, I swear to God, Ahmed, I was going to assume that there's probably like five other Ahmed Majeds running around who are doing what you're doing right now. <laughs> because if you didn't say that there was a business partner doing this with you, I was going to be like, how are you doing all of this? <laughs> so good for you, man. That's Thanks. incredible. Thanks. I, um, I just want to say that this was a very insightful conversation. It was not only very impactful for me, I'm sure a lot of people in the soccer community parents coaches athletes are going to gain tremendous value from this even to learn a little bit more about you personally right because i'm sure as we kind of talked about today that 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 coaching hack comes on right away and you're in the zone and it's very nice to know that you were able to share some vulnerability today in our episode and i love to bring it back in the beginning when you mentioned how it's our character that drives us to to be able to overcome adversity for sure the fact that you can get nine-year-old athletes understand that is extremely profound right so for anyone especially our audience or people who are jumping on this if they want to get to know you and they want to connect with you how can they do so where can they find you to be able to do so absolutely you know you you can find us on instagram at soccer elite academy um we have an instagram page we're on facebook as well 
And you can also visit our web, uh, website, you know, at uh, www.soccerelitacademy.ca. You know, uh, you can find us there. My phone number is there. It's open to the public. You know, if you want to give me a call, I'm happy to, to chat. Um, yeah. So awesome. I'm, I'm available. I'll, I'll, I'll always answer my phone. I always answer every message that I get. So the doors are open. <laughs> always. Every single message gets answered. You know, not one gets ignored. That's awesome. Even man. from, I, we get a lot of messages from, you know, from Africa with kids that have a passion. Honestly, every single one, every single one gets answered, you know, and I really give every single opportunity possible. You know, I know they want to come here. They want to be part of this, but no one, I don't, I do not leave any rocks unturned Kenny, mm -hmm. because there could be a rock there with a diamond underneath totally no it's sure. so true i know for a fact ahmed for me when and if i have kids in the near future and i know you're going to be doing this on another level when and if they're interested in soccer and i put them through it i'm taking them to you there you go man 100 man I, I i don't think people even know this but you know you and i have been well acquainted with one another through the jiu-jitsu community sure. and, and when you and your kids were involved and i always knew man you put your heart on your shoulder and on your sleeve and you're, you're just an incredible human being man Thank and you, that's man. why so i'm not surprised at all at the amount of success you're going to gain and the, the influence you're going to have on thousands of other people but also just with what you've been able to do now being featured on global tv yeah. uh edmonton like that's huge man and you deserve every spotlight you can Thank i hope you, after man. this other podcast in edmonton give you a call yeah yeah, yeah. i <laughs> hope so man i hope so I, you know I'm, I'm you know honestly i i love i love to do what i do i really want to take this opportunity to thank you kenny for having me here you know in your studio this is a lovely studio, by the way. You know, it's been honestly a pleasure talking to you. I honestly, I don't feel like I'm doing a podcast at all. I feel like I'm just talking to a friend, you mm -hmm. know, and and just talking about the passion that I have and, and the passion that I have to give to the kids and to make them a better human being. And, yeah. and honestly, it's just, I want to give more to more kids, you know, and totally. that's, that's what it's all about, you yeah. know, paying it forward because, you know, I did touch on it is because I didn't have the opportunity. So I want to give it. For sure. Totally, man. I tell you, my dad wasn't around, you know, when when I, I went bike to practice and bike back. I've never had a parent watch me play any sport, ever, ever. But I yeah, never missed a game. It's amazing, man. It's like you've, you're, you're able to do that for your kids as a coach and as a parent. Absolutely. And I'm sure it's, every day is a challenge to separate both. But Absolutely. I'm sure when that game-winning goal happens or when you guys win and you turn into dad mode, I can't imagine how proud of a father you are for your son in, in many ways, right? Yeah. I for can't, all your kids. I, yeah, I'll tell you one thing, man. I can't wait till, till, you know, till the day where, he, where he's playing and I'm not coaching. <laughs> and I'll tell you for one reason, so I can cheer really hard, man, <laughs> yeah. because he does some incredible things in the game. And, you and, and my, I'm coach. Yeah. I, I'm not even cheering because, and, and there everyone's cheering, but I, I'm being coached. You know, I'm cheering, I'm happy because the team is doing great, but I'm not cheering because my son is doing great. Yeah. You know, and I, and I cannot wait. You know, maybe one day you and I will be sitting in the Bernabeu watching him. Done deal, man. Yeah. I, you could count on it. I'm yeah. going to make sure that happens. I'm getting tickets to that. <laughs> no, you don't have to, man. Thank you so much, I'll make brother. sure I'll hook you up for the tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Or he will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. After I get him on the show. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we'll have to. Perfect, man. For well, sure. that's a wrap. There All it right, is. All right, man.